So, so good evening to one and all here tonight and to those joining with us on our podcast service. Welcome to the house of God here at Christian Outreach Centre, where we believe that a church of might is worth the flight, or a church alive is worth the drive. And so you're all very, very welcome, and uh, I'm so glad that you're all here. Uh, tonight, I'd, I'd like to go on to build up our wall of faith as we build ourselves up uh, measure by measure, increment by increment, and, uh, and that's what we do with our faith. You may not remember every message that you hear, but you know like your wheat picks that you eat every morning for breakfast, it sustains you for the day. And that's what the grace of God does, it has sustained you for the day. And so, but my title of my message tonight is Prayer 101. And uh, what does the term 101 mean? Everybody's talking about 101 these days, aren't they? So I went to the biggest knower of it all in, that you could ever imagine. That's Mr. Google. Everybody knows the biggest know it all. And uh, I think you know him or her or it or whatever it is. And uh, so based on the usage of this term 101, it's gained a sort of slang sort of meaning referring to basic knowledge of a topic or a collection of introductory material to a topic, as in the sentence, boiling potatoes is cooking 101. So we're going to do a bit of boiling potatoes 101, talking about prayer tonight. And it won't be the be-all and end-all message on prayer, but it's just increment by increment we're building solid stuff and in reminding ourselves a lot of what things we've already known, but just reminding ourselves. Prayer 101 is the bread and potatoes, the pasta and the rice of the meal, building blocks, absolute basics, which we grow, elementary principles, if you like. So, but to kick us off in this most exciting of heavenly pursuits, Prayer 101, I'd want to just put down a couple of basic definitions of this heavenly endeavour called prayer. And uh, the prayer definition by GB, that's Jeff Brockman, that's my definition, Really, prayer is just really, and I've done many, I don't know, I've done 50 or 60 messages over the years easily on the prayer itself, having run the prayer meetings for a lot of the interdenominational stuff in Townsville for years, all the stable on the strand stuff for years, and some of the minister's fraternal stuff for a long time. So, but my prayer definition is uh, talking with God. How deep is this? in a dialogue relationship or conversation. And prayer is uh, not a one-way relationship, that is monologue. Prayer is not monologue. Sometimes we pray and we think it is. I'm just talking and the heavens are as brass and nobody's talking to me back. Who's ever felt like that? Can you hear me, God? Or is there anybody else up there, you may say? Sometimes it can be like that, but prayer is dialogue. And uh, when we pray, we not only expect to be heard by God, but also to hear from God. In other words, God hears your prayers, and then we stand back, sit back, lie back, and begin to tune in to hear from God. You say, well, you sure it's God that I'm listening to? I ask a simple question in regard to that. When you tune into the ABC, what are you going to hear? ABC, that's deep, isn't it? When you tune into SBS, what are you going to say? What are you going to hear? You're going to hear SBS. When you consciously tune into God, what are you most likely going to hear? You're going to hear God. 
And the Bible says, test the spirits for sure. But if you're consciously and endeavoring, setting time aside to hear from God, my promise is the word of God says that you will. Amen? Isn't that encouraging? And it is. And so, uh, so it's not a, a one-way relationship. So we pray with an expectancy that God hears our prayers. God hears your prayer. And the Bible says that she groaned and the Lord heard her groan. So if you can groan and God hears it, he certainly will hear it when you utter some words. Sometimes, remember, Hannah prayed for her son and she eventually had a son called Hannah. She couldn't even get the words out of her lips. But the Lord heard her just the same. She was so grieved with inside because she was barren and she prayed. And that prayer changed the nation because Samuel took that nation on into the next dispensation of time. It was the, one of the most, it was the powerful, it was a prayer that changed the nation. And the priest couldn't even hear. She thought, the priest thought she was drunk. But it was a prayer and a cry. When you pray, the Lord hears your prayer. When you groan, the Lord hears your groan. When you sigh, the most grieved sigh, when you look upon something and you think, what can I do? And you just sigh or you groan. I've been there. Has anybody else been there? You're really just praying through some tears. Yes, I've prayed tears out in the paddock, covered in dust. But the Lord hears your groans. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, 14 and 15 says, Now this, I'm not going to go through a whole heap of stuff, but this is the confidence. You can have confidence in the Word of God. For the Word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. There's the Word of God. You can have confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, that's God's will, He hears us. There's a promise. The Word of God is to be believed. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we asked of him. I want to encourage you today that God hears your prayers. And you think, oh, well, my prayers are not eloquent. Oh, I want to say that a groan is not eloquent. But it, it's your heart that reaches out to the heart of God, which is prayer itself. Who should pray? And who should we pray to? Well, First and foremost, I believe you should pray to God. It's not Buddha, Muhammad, or Krishna, or any other thing. All those blokes, you can go to their graves. Jesus, you can't find his grave because he's risen, amen? amen. He's the resurrected son of God. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And when you understand that you too are seated with him in heavenly places, oh, how, what, a, what a position of authority that is to pray from. You don't pray like this worm underneath the cross. Jesus went to the cross so that you didn't have to. And when you begin to pray from the right-hand side of the Father as an heir and co-heir of Jesus Christ, how powerful is your prayer? And when you pray with this sort of confidence that we have in Him and ask anything according to His will. If your prayer is not answered, sometimes it's just a I will prayer. It's a my will prayer. Serving God on your own conditions is not serving God of all. It's still serving the God of self. And Jesus, when he's Lord of all, you begin to pray prayers that line up with the will of God and the heart of God is certainly connected to that. Who should pray? First Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name. Is there anybody here tonight who is called by his name? Is there anybody here tonight who could say, I'm one of his people? 
Amen. Who identifies themselves with Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Jesus wants to answer your prayer. Because it is the prayer of the righteous that the Lord loves to hear. The prayer of an unrighteous man, the Bible says, is an abomination to him. Abomination. Having no regard for God and you just sort of throw up a prayer with no regard or for the righteousness of God. Why pray? Prayer brings a divine order when the agenda of the enemy is driven back and expelled. Why pray? So we've talked about who should pray. That's us. Why pray? I believe we need to bring a divine order into... First and foremost, we pray to, for a divine order to be brought into our own lives. We pray the prayer of salvation, for instance... Jesus, I've made a mess of it. I'm sorry for my sin. I appoint you as CEO of my life. I am second in command, and well, will your life turn around when you make him the CEO of your life. Great things happen. Why pray? The Bible says in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, it says, Be anxious for nothing. That's a good reason to pray, isn't it? When you're filled with an anxious heart, but the Bible promises, the Lord says here, Philippians says, it's written by the Apostle Paul, he says, be anxious for nothing. In other words, I couldn't care less. When your hand is in the hand of the hand of the man who stilled the water, you can say, I couldn't care less. Or be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will transcend your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What a promise. Be anxious for nothing. That's a good reason to pray. To pray. If you're feeling anxious, it means it's time to be in the throne room of God. Oh, what a good promise. What to pray. And we, see, we saw that there in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14. It says, according to his will. Now, there's a whole thousands more scriptures we can use tonight, but we're just going to just touch on a few things and remind ourselves, encourage one another to begin to pray a believing prayer. So a praying according to the will of God is a greater guarantee of its success. When will I pray? Psalm 63 verse 1 says, O God, you are my God, early will I seek you, early will I seek you. So it says there to pray early in the morning. But then 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. But I thought it said just pray in the morning. Psalm, uh, Psalm 55.17 and David says, evening, morning and noon I will pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. What a promise. He shall hear my voice. What about coming to the throne of grace and saying, Lord, I'm praying this morning. I'm praying at lunch. I'm praying without ceasing because you hear my voice. Remind God. He doesn't mind you doing so. It's not arrogant or disrespectful to do so. When your heart is clean before God, you can pray a prayer of boldness before God. Early, it says evening, morning and noon. That's an unusual sequence for us. But that's the Jewish day. The Jewish day begins at evening. Their Shabbat, which is their day of rest and so forth, their Shabbat starts on Friday evening at sundown and goes through to Saturday evening at sundown. And then all the Jewish people, when you go over there, they have a real humdinger of a party from a Saturday evening right through to midnight. You see families and they're, having, they're at restaurants at 10, 11 or 12 o'clock at night. That's the end of their Shabbat. So evening and morning and noon 
I will pray. Many people today feel that they don't have a voice. They don't have represent, uh, representation. And uh, we've just had a referendum on the voice. But you and I, that's true, isn't it? Oh, it's so important with everybody to have a voice. And, and it's not good that people are not represented. It's true, isn't it? Who, who likes being ignored? It's one of the worst feelings in the world because you think, I'm not valued here. But I want to say, you and I, through this vehicle of prayer, this, this thing where we can have a heavenly intervention, we have a voice with the monarch of the universe. Consider that. You may not have a voice in your workplace. You may not have a voice in these other places, perhaps. You may be the, the, the youngest of all your siblings. I was the youngest of three sons. They called me Squawk. I did that so I could have a voice. <laughs> I had this agitating voice that used to speak up. And uh, because I didn't, I was the littlest. I was this big. That was when I was nine. <laughs> we never had growth promotants and hormones when I wasn't growing up. <laughs> but we have a, a voice with the monarch of the universe. And to be heard and to be and to hear with eternity's only king, how good is that? An audience with Elohim. Elohim is the God, creator God, mentioned in Genesis chapter 1. But in regard to a time of prayer, I always advocate it's good to have a time of prayer. And also I advocate to have a place of prayer. And so when I begin to pray, I open up my Bible, I pick up a pen because I know that God is going to speak. Who's ever prayed with expectation like that? Jules can testify. I get down in my study, I turn on my lamp, and uh, I put the fan on, sit down, make myself comfortable. Coffee right there, water right there, a row of Bibles. I'm surrounded by about 40 Bibles, commentaries and everything like this, and yet... I am waiting for the ream of the living, the word of God, and God speaks. I mean, God still speaks. And when you pray with expectation, or oh, he's just wanting to, we have, uh, it's not like uh, God is not speaking, but it's like we're not always listening. But when you pray with expectation, oh, you can hear the voice of God very, very, very clearly. And so there it is. Benny Hen said, my, he was drilled, or, or when do you pray? And he just said quietly, he said, my life is a prayer. Isn't that a beautiful description? In other words, he doesn't clock off. And I, I would say my life is more like that than having a time of prayer. I have times of prayer. Every day I pray, certain places, certain times, when I'm driving along. Pray for the peace of Charters Towers. May they prosper who love thee. Psalm 122 verse 6 says, doesn't it? It says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love thee. I put Charter's Towers in there. I pray you do too. What about Brother Lawrence in his book, Practicing the Presence of God and Jean Guion, Intimacy with Christ. Fantastic books. Thomas Akempis, Imitation of Christ. All advocate an abiding, continuous, unbroken relationship in prayer with God. Our lives in this particular time and dispensation should be, we just never, we never really clock on and we never really clock off. You fall asleep, sleep sort of praying in the, you're still in the presence of God. And when you wake up, it's like, good morning, Holy Spirit. Remember that beautiful book written about 35, 40 years ago, talking about just being in the presence of God as a way of life. 
This is not remote nor far off. It is available to all of us being living in that presence of God. What about how to, how to pray? How do you pray? I would think there's so many different ways to pray. I wouldn't like to box God in, would you? Theologians have listed all these things and they're great to look at. James 5, 6. Actually, I'll go to James 5, 6. Let's go there. If you've got your Bibles with you, I pray you begin to bring them with you. James 5, 6. I'll see if I can find it here. Excuse me for a moment. Oh, I've lost my place there. It talks about, uh, sorry, it's James, uh, 1 John, oh yeah, asking in faith and not doubting. When you ask and pray in faith and not doubting, he goes on to say that a double-minded man will receive nothing. A double-minded man receives nothing. So how do we pray? We pray in faith. The prayer of faith, James 5, verse 15, he says, The prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will uh, raise him up. So who, who does the healing? We know the Lord does the healing. Who does the praying? We do the praying. So prayer provides a conduit for the power of heaven or the healing power of God to flow through. Prayer does that. God's power needs a conduit to flow through. The prayer of faith, not just prayer, but the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Uh, will heal the, heal the sick. The, the sick. James 5.16 says, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So how do we pray? We pray with being effective. And the word there indicates, uh, I think, uh, when I read that word, the effective, means that there is ineffective prayer. Who knows that sometimes we pray ineffective prayers? I have prayed ineffective prayers. Why? Because they have lacked, lacked the faith. God doesn't just respond to need, but he responds to faith. He says, when he returns, will he find faith? When we pray, we need to inject our faith into the equation. To each one has been dealt a measure of faith. You and I have a measure of faith, a metron of faith in the Greek, and that faith switch in us needs to be turned on when we go to the place and position of prayer. And sometimes we think that I have to pray for hours and hours. You can declare a thing in a moment in time in faith, and your prayer will be answered. It'll be done. The title deed for what you have prayed for is now yours because it was an effective prayer. And so ineffective, fervent prayer. So it talks about prayers being ineffective and uh, also uh, fervent prayer. And so I think sometimes we pray without a fervency. I think there's something, when you have a look at the word seek and to search in regard to the Old Testament Hebrew words, it's in a manner that borders on desperation. And I have found the more desperate you are, the better place you are for a miracle. Desperate people for God seem to find miracles. Our family at times has seen places where we needed God or it was all, the show was all over. And so we called on God in a way that we normally wouldn't pray. And what happens? God hears our prayer. And so there's, effect, there's a fervency in our prayer that just warms the heart of God. And so God responds to faith and not need. Billions of people over the world have great needs. 
but God meets those who call upon him in that area of faith. I'd like to go to Mark 11, 22 and 24, and these are probably the most, some of the most powerful verses in Scripture regarding the declared Word of God. So I'm just going to go to Mark 11, 22. It, incidentally, in Mark 11:17 says, It is written, Jesus said, it's written in red, My house shall be called a house of prayer. And so the house of God, we are the tabernacle, the home, the abide, the presence of God is within us. We are the house of God now, and we are to be known as being a house of prayer. Jesus condemned those of his day because they turned it into a house of thieves. And we can make the house of God many things, but Jesus said, my house, my home, my abide, my tabernacle shall be a house of prayer. He goes on in verse 22 and he says, have faith in God. And so when we pray, we pray in the realm of faith and of faith in God. It says, have the God kind of faith. Verse 23 and 24, make a note of these in regard to your prayer life because they will exponentially get results from God. Amen? And so, for assuredly, this is written, this is Jesus speaking, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, so what about that? That's, is, are there any whoever's in the house tonight. Amen. We're all whoever's, aren't we? And so it's, it's for everybody, bar none. It's for everybody. Whoever says to this mountain, a mountain in Scripture regards to problems. It could be health issues, financial issues, relationship issues. It's just mountains of stuff that needs to be removed. And Jesus is saying, whoever says to this mountain, so we're called to speak to the mountains. Who's ever spoke to a mountain, be thou removed? Oh, yes. And you can be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he said will be done. He will have whatever he says. Is this encouraging your prayer life right now? In other words, you can allow a boldness of God to come into your life and begin to believe that God so desperately wants to answer your prayer more than you want to ask of it. Because all the resources of heaven are available to you, and yet we don't access them because faith is not present. He goes on to say, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask. Have you got any whatevers there tonight? Oh, I've got a few whatevers. He says, whatever then, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So there's something here about believing before you're receiving and so it connects with Hebrews 11.1. Faith calls those things that aren't, says Romans 4.17. Faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So the declared promises and the word of God over your situation. And people say, oh, I can't believe that. I can't see that. If I can't see it, I can't believe it. But tell me, have you seen an electron? Has anybody here in this room ever seen an electron? But these fans here... They power that. Has anybody here ever seen a thought? People say, oh, I just had a thought. <laughs> well, no one else saw it. I don't know this person. I'm doubting his word. <laughs> People say, oh, I'm a scientist. I say, Sci Science is just uh, the study of finding out how God does stuff. That's all it is. That's a technical, that's a technical description. That's a, I'm a scientist. They say, oh, I've got to see it to believe it. But we don't apply that to everything else. We can't see our Wi-Fi. We've got information going to the Wi-Fi and put stuff up on the screen. We don't see that. 
We put a radio on a hundred years ago and we can't see those radio waves and yet we say, well, we have to see it. No, faith calls those things that aren't as though they are. And so you begin to declare the word of God over your situation while you're praying. This is the sort of praying that will bring in a revival, amen? Otherwise, we are dictated to by what we see and what we feel. I am not governed by what I feel. I am not dictated by what I see. Or because faith calls those things that aren't as though they are. Faith makes a way for you and I to see the purposes of God established in your life, in your home life, in your finances. Amen? Who's getting something out of this tonight? It's a good message from God. Amen? Faith calls those things that aren't as though they are. So having, uh, just finding my notes where I am right now. And so are there any obstacles to prayer? And I tell you what, verse 4. 25 of that same scripture there tells us that there are some obstacles. And I'll just mention a couple because they are numerous. And it says, and whenever, this is Jesus speaking. He says, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. So it's tying that believing prayer and hindering prayer. If there's something blocking I call it spiritual constipation. Has anybody here had spiritual constipation? I see that hand. I see that hand. We can all have spiritual constipation at some times. Blockages. And they stop the flow of God. Amen. They stop the promise of God flowing into your situations. And in retrospect, then we have to contemplate. You have a self-assessment. You say, why isn't this prayer coming through? And often you don't have to pray too long before God puts his finger on something and we then either have a choice to say, oh, that's nothing, or that small thing, oh, yes, it is. Little sin, no such thing. And the Lord will put his finger on it and we can, the blessing of obedience, the blessing of God comes with, through the obedience of God. Amen. When you're obedient to God in the smallest of things, you'll begin to see that spiritual constipation being cured real quick. Who wants to be healed of spiritual constipation? Amen. Amen. I don't want it. I don't want it. Relationship with your spouse. First Peter uh, 3, 7 to 12. Let's quickly go there. First Peter 3, 7. And it says, Husbands, likewise dwell with them. This is speaking with wives, with understanding, giving honor to the wife. And being heirs together of the grace of life. And it says that your prayers may not be hindered. Oh, isn't that interesting? In other words, relationships, not just husbands and wives, fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, work colleagues and all these things. Your relationships matter to God. Your relationship with God matters to God. It matters to you. But your relationship, we have a relationship that is vertical and we have relationships that are horizontal. And God is interested in all our horizontal relationships. And one of the greatest beneficiaries of having good relationships with people is that your prayers are not hindered. Isn't that good? You go to bed. He says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. If things are not resolved not just day after day, but month after month, year after year, and you wonder why sometimes our prayers are, are, are hindered. You don't have to wait very long. So there's a whole, sin in general is a blockage to answered prayer. Resolve these things. Stand before God, and the heart of the righteous, 
the Lord loves to answer the prayer of the righteous. He loves to answer your prayer more than you even want to receive it. And so, sin in general. So, But there is a call to prayer that can change the world. And we saw in 1 Samuel or somewhere around there that Hannah prayed such a prayer. And so prayer unleashes the power of heaven. And if you want a heavenly intervention, prayer is the way to do it. Prayer is the way. Prayer accesses all the resources of heaven into your uh, earthly situation. And when prayer, sometimes we see prayer as a burden, but prayer is never to be a burden. And uh, sometimes the, the hardest part of prayer is the first minute. And you say, I don't have the energy to pray, because it does require some energy to sit, to pray, to walk, or whatever you want to do. But I have found when you come to God in obedience for that first minute, two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, five minutes, but then there's power seems to release a power of itself for you to continue to pray. You come to prayer with the attitude of obedience and you begin to pray with a discipline, a discipline, but it's only for a short period of time and it's not long before God releases power for you to continue to pray. How do I continue to pray? You keep praying and God releases the power for you to continue to pray. I've sometimes been able to pray for three or four hours or something like that. And other times I've been flat out staying awake for a minute. What is the difference? It's all in the heart. When you come to God with that humility, discipline yourself initially. Yes, there is a discipline, but begin to pray. I, I, I apply the Nike principle. Just do it. Just do it. Because some people say, oh, you need to pray like this or you need to pray like that. I think just do it. Just do it. People talking about the gym. They go to the gym and there's program for this and there's program for that. And I like the two-day routine, the three-day routine, the five-day routine, the all-body routine, the specialized routine. I just think get to the gym and just do it. Amen? Just get there. And prayer is exactly like that. Just do it. Just begin. Just make a start. And you see, as you pray the Lord releases power for you to continue to pray. It's a good principle to remember. And so turning something that can be deemed to be boring and a waste of time and the feeling of not being effective, and sometimes we have been to prayers like that, but I have found that there is just a, I don't know, you need the Spirit of the living God to be there, amen? When the Spirit of God, he says, praying in the Holy Spirit. You can pray in tongues. There's many people who pray in tongues. Thousands of people here in probably here in this region. And, uh, and, one of the, and that's a evidence of an indwelling presence of the Holy Ghost, being baptized in the Holy Ghost. But praying in the Holy Spirit is just more than speaking in tongues. Praying in the Holy Spirit is praying things that the Holy Spirit wants you to pray for. That is praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying as the Spirit of God leads you to pray. Not in vain repetitions. We can have selected prayers and pray through them. But that's a, that's a, that's a whole different sort of thing. The, Jesus called it vain repetitions. But he said praying in the Holy Spirit. Paul used that terminology meaning that you are led by the Spirit of God. And when you're in the presence of God, you'll feel a leading to pray a certain way. Just go with it. Just go with it. And you'll find that there are no two prayer meetings the same, ever. We're going to finish to pray tonight, and you'll see, that's not the way we prayed last week. And someone will say, well, that's not the way we prayed the week before. Why? Because we are being led by the Holy Spirit. It's a great way to pray. 
And uh, so it's my prayer that you'll be indeed refreshed and released to a higher level of authority and power, having gained possibly a new mindset. Just these things. But are there oppositions to prayer? Yes, there are. And there's plenty of opposition to prayer. And I would say one of the greatest oppositions to prayer is procrastination. We set out to be the terminator, destroying the works of darkness by putting off. And then, off, and then within a short time, we'll say, I'll, I'll pray about that later. So you've turned from the terminator to the procrastinator in the, in the, in the midst of a few minutes. Who's ever been a procrastinator in regard to prayer? You say, I'm going to pray in the morning, and the morning comes, and I'll pray at morning tea. I'll pray at lunchtime. I'll pray later on in the day. And then procrastination leads to not doing it at all. I said to somebody the other day, if you don't do it today, you're not going to do it. If you're going to make a change in your life, do it today. If you're going to do it tomorrow, throw out your books, you're not going to do it. Throw it out. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the acceptable time. Tonight, when we go home, when you go home, just begin to pray. Put it straight away, immediately. The, the most important step in your life is your next step. If you're going to make a change in, regard, in this regard, today is a good day to do it. And so procrastination is a, is a great blocker. And so they adopt the Nike slogan, just do it, just do it. And so uh, in addition to that, I think the devil knows where the power comes from. And he does anything and everything to stop us from praying. Who's ever gone to prayer and you think, oh, I've got to sweep the floor. I've got to vacuum clean the house. I've got to gurney the house. I've got to fix the car. The world needs to be changed from upside down to the right way up. I need to do that today. And everything comes to mind except to pray. Amen. How come the greatest procrastinator on earth all of a sudden has an urge to go and fix the car when it comes to the time of prayer? The devil knows that he does, not, he does not want you to pray. He does not want you to pray. And immediately you go and set yourself time to pray. Immediately you think of the floors. You've been putting off the floors for three months. Why do you need it to do it now before nine o'clock? Amen? Okay, I know. That's not probably, that's a stretching it. But isn't it amazing? And so uh, I have found with that pen, say the Lord reminds you of something that needs to be done or the devil reminds you of something that needs to be done. Write it down. You say, oh, I won't forget that now. And keep on praying. I know this. The devil, the devil knows. But you know what? We are one of the, the most amazing army. We're the army of God. And we're the only, the only army of, on the earth who cuts off our own supply line. Our supply line is heaven, amen? How do we access the power of heaven, the resources of heaven, and everything else that heaven's got to offer is through prayer. And everything by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God. That's what it says, doesn't it? Also, why do we cut off our supply line? We're the only army that does that. When you understand the devil's devices, you'll go to, you'll go to prayer with a, with a more terminator attitude to go in and there to destroy the works of darkness. And so uh, we know that the church on the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were 10 days. And he says, go in, Jesus said before he, left, before he left town, he said, go into the city of Jerusalem and wait until you are endured with power from on high. 
To be endured means to be clothed with, and it talks about power. That talks about dunamis or dynamite power. That's the word where you get dynamite power from, dunamis. And you'll be clothed with this dynamite power from on high. How long did they wait in Jerusalem? They waited, they waited on the Lord for 10 days, and there was an outpouring of God. But you see, the church was birthed or conceived in the prayer meeting. Isn't that amazing? The church, the, we're the called out ones. We were birthed, we were thought of, we were brought into being through a prayer meeting. That's where we, you and I were conceived, in a prayer meeting. It should be as natural for us to pray as it is to breathe. You're on your way to school, Tane, and you can just say, Father, I know that you're with me. I worked in the prison for eight years, and I walked up that pathway every day, and I say, Lord, what I'm going into today is not normal. I pray, Father, for your hedge of protection around me. I pray that I'm going to make a difference for somebody's life. Oh, more, more often than not, it was the officers who needed the most work on them. Amen. <laughs> Amazing, eh? But it was like a walk of prayer. I walked up 100 meters from the car park, and I was praying all the way. You're praying in your spirit, amen? And it's a life of prayer. It's a communion with God. You're more comfortable in the presence of God than you are with anybody else, amen? That's what it's like. It is a life of prayer, and it's a glorious thing. It changes your countenance. I can tell when people have been in the presence of God when I preach in the mornings, on Sunday mornings in particular, I can see who's been in the presence of God. It's as visible. It says the eyes are to the window to the soul. That's what the Bible says. And your eyes, all of our eyes tell a story. When your eyes are on Jesus, it affects every part and fabric of your being. It's a glorious thing to be in that presence of God. I'm going to wrap it up fairly shortly. I've only got another 10 pages of notes. <laughs> I know it's a midweek meeting and Jules would come to the keys. I got so much and so much and so much. John Wesley says, it seems like God can do nothing on the earth unless a man asks him. God has all the ability. He says, all things are possible with God. It never says all things are possible to God. How does this union thing take place? It happens in the place of prayer. That's where we place, that's how we take our part. All things are possible with God. Never does a man, this pertains to me probably to more than most, never does a man stand so tall than when he kneels before the throne of grace. And you and I as believers are no bigger than our prayer life. I want to encourage this prayer to begin to pray for a mighty move of the wind of the Spirit of God. I'm believing for a move of God. I'm believing for, for thousands to come to Christ. A couple of hundred and leave 10,000 unsaved is not good to me. To see this place packed to the gills and see the other churches empty, that's not good to me. I want to see every church packed to the gills. Amen. I don't want to see. When, when, uh, when some of the great revivals, the great awakenings and there was four of them in the United States occurred. And Charles Grandison Finney, amazing revivalist. And he would go into a region and after the Spirit of God moved through a whole region, it was difficult to find somebody who was not saved. So dramatic was the presence of God that hovered. There was an awakening. They called it the Great Awakenings. And there was a spiritual stirring over the churched and unchurched alike. 
and literally hundreds of thousands of people came to Christ in those vast regional areas of the United States. Oh, I want to see it here. But we begin to believe it. We declare not what we see with our, with our we declare what we see with our spiritual eyes. Amen. I see thousands. I see thousands. Faith calling those things that aren't as though they are. Is that wrong? No, it's biblical. That's what it is. It's biblical. Remind the Lord of his word, of his own word. And so, Father, our Father, I pray, Lord, that you would pour water in on him who is thirsty and floods upon the dry grounds, Father. I pray, Father, if my people who will call by, my, by your name, by my name, says God, will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, or then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal the land. That's a promise from God. If my people, if my people, if my people, would you stand to your feet tonight? Are there any if my people here? Oh, it's good, isn't it? You can get excited with the things of God. We get excited at the football. We play a game of darts and we get excited when we get the bullseye. We can get excited about God too. Amen. I'm praying. Lift your hands right now. Father, we're believing for a move of God. Father, we're praying, Lord God, for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit. We bring your word before your throne of grace. Father, as you would do miracles as you did in the days of old, so you would pour out your spirit on your men servants and your maid servants. For I will pour water on him who is thirsty. Are you thirsty tonight? Are you hungry tonight? I'm believing for a move of God. Father, I pray, Lord God, today, I bring every single person here before your throne of grace. Pour out your spirit and refreshing on every single person, Lord, today. Not, Father, let the Spirit be upon your word, Father God. Quicken people's lives, Lord God, tonight. We're believing, Lord God, for this region. We're believing, Lord, because you are a mighty God and there is nothing, Lord God, that you cannot do. I thank you, Father, for this body of believers. I thank you, Lord. Let's believe for those people listening online, on Podbeam and podcasting and uh, on the Facebook and, uh, and uh, Spotify and things like that. We're believing, Lord God, for salvations tonight. Tonight, Lord, you would cause people to go to this thing. You would use it as an evangelistic tool, Lord. You would use it as a sharp two-edged sword, Father, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joint and marrow. Our Father, I pray, Lord God, today, salvation would come to this land. Salvation, Father God. Wash away the dust. Wash away the dirt. Wash away the sin. And heal our land, we pray. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. Let's give the Lord a great big uh, 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 applause tonight.